We begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast. We pay our respects to the elders past and present. We extend our respect to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Hi guys, welcome to Bumps and Besties, a podcast about navigating the journey to motherhood through fertility struggles, friendship, and all the bumps along the way. I'm your host, Lexi, along with my co-host and bestie. Hi, I'm Amy. Our podcast is here to explore the often tricky, usually emotional path to motherhood through the lens of two besties on two different paths. Laugh with us, cry with us, and know wherever you're at on your journey, you're never alone because your besties are here and we have your back. Just a trigger warning, the next episode could contain some uh, sensitive and perhaps graphic content. If you feel like you're going to be triggered by this, perhaps take it slow or skip it for now. Hey guys, and welcome to part two of Amy's IVF journey. We are not going to do our check-in this week. We're just going to jump straight into part two. So where we left off was the end of Amy's first round. Unfortunately, did not work out the way she wanted it to be. And I will let her take over because her story is best told by the mama to be herself. Hello. So yes, if you haven't heard part one, probably jump on there first. A little bit of a trigger warning. It does discuss miscarriage, um, as does this. So we will discuss a little bit more. If you don't think you can handle that right now, feel free to come back another time or just skip palm by past this one. So after our first transfer, we basically just waited till my body was ready or what we thought was ready had a period so we were like yep we're good to go mentally i felt fine i just wanted to get straight back into it and that transfer didn't work at all it didn't take it didn't implant there was just nothing happening there did they give you an indicator as to what what happened like was it that the embryo was different or no they just said that sometimes they don't stick like with anything else um and how quickly do you find out so I am not the person who can wait for the blood HCG test from the clinic. I am the person that pees on a stick three times a day for <laughs> their transfer. Sure. So I got to the point where I was previous, so with the previous pregnancy at that stage, I was getting dark positives and mm-hmm. I got to the point with the second transfer where I was getting nothing yeah. and I had a pretty good feeling that nothing was happening. I didn't have any symptoms. I think it was still about a week I had to wait between that and my blood test. Yeah. And I went into them and I was like, this hasn't worked. And they're like, well, you never know. And I'm like, no, it hasn't worked. Yeah. And yeah. then lo and behold, it happened. The next transfer was similar, except there was very, very faint lines, but it was what you classify as a chemical. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was over as quick as it started. Um, and how was how do you find out that it didn't work? Is it just confirmed with the blood test? Yeah, it's the same thing. So I had started doing the stick test at home. I had gotten like squinter, squinter lines, like struggling to see anything. I think I took a, a couple of photos, sent them to you, and, and I, I couldn't like, even I see feel it in the photo. <laughs> but yeah, like within a day, there was nothing. Yeah. Um, and again, no symptoms. And so I went back in, I had my blood test, and I was like, I don't know this one's worked either. So yeah, so those two in the middle weren't really promising at all and I was like well this is not ideal because I had one pregnancy that ended in a relatively traumatic miscarriage and now nothing is happening what is mm. going on 
So is there a point where they, like, obviously you're seeing doctors so regularly, is there a point where they turn around and go, okay, let's do some additional tests to find out what's going on. We want to make sure that, you know, the environment is perfect. Does any of that happen at any stage? In that period before we, between finishing the ovulation induction medications mm-hmm. and moving to IVF, I'd had a laparoscopy and I'd had a colonoscopy. Okay. We kind of had an idea that nothing was going wrong like there was nothing unusual in my body. And with IVF, you have so many blood tests and scans. I have more internal ultrasounds than anyone's probably, like most people generally have in their lives. <laughs> yeah. So we have a generally a pretty good idea of what's going on in my body because it's constantly being monitored. Yeah. They, they give you the option to test the embryos. Mm-hmm. We didn't bother because we had so few. Yeah. So we were like, well, there's not many. We'll just see how it goes. Yeah. You know, after the first one, we were like, they're going to be fine. In hindsight, like we've got the embryo we transferred this week and one more left after this. Mm-hmm. If we have to go through another collection and get another round of embryos, we will test those. Yeah. So And so does that give you the quality of the egg and the sperm connected? Yeah, and it gives you the idea of this genetic mutation. So, so my first miscarriage didn't seem to be um, anything to do with my body or my hormones. It seemed to be possibly genetic because of the timing of which it happened at. Yeah. But it could have just been a fluke or... You know, sometimes they just happen. My last one was definitely because of my progesterone levels. So there's not really any indication that something has gone wrong with the embryo itself mm-hmm. yet. But for our peace of mind, if we fail with this embryo or we fail with the next one, and then we'll go, okay, we'll test them and just see yeah. if there's something going on genetically. Um, if it is, then you can look into what the genetic issue is, mm-hmm. where it's coming from, that kind of thing. But yeah. for these ones, we didn't. We just figured we'd see how they went what happened and go with it from there. And we did our most recent transfer prior to this one. We, that one, again, very similar to the first one. I was absolutely floored, fatigued from about five days post-transfer. Napping, just absolutely no energy and was like, okay, this one's worked again. This is what I'm not used to feeling. So we went in. But my HCG was super low this time. So the first time I'd gone in and it was quite normal, it was within the couple of hundreds. This time it was, it was only about 19. So it was really, really low. And they were very much like, okay, this is not ideal. This is possibly going to be a very early miscarriage. Like we have to monitor this one very closely again. Were they more mindful because you'd had a miscarriage before that, if you ever ended up with a positive pregnancy, that they needed to really stay on top to make sure that you were supported the whole way through? I think they just go off what you kind of indicate you want from them. So if I'd gone in and things were normal and the HCG had been back within the hundreds, I maybe wouldn't have felt like I needed that monitoring, mm-hmm. but they're very open to whatever, like, you think you need. They let you lead. Yes. Anytime I've ever gone, oh, you know, I, I think we need to test this, we need to check this, they're very good at that. Yep, come in, have a blood test, That's not a problem good. at all. Yeah. We left it for 72 hours and I went back for another blood test. Yeah. And it had doubled, which is what it's supposed to do, but it still was very low. So they were like, this is still a very gray area. It's very 50-50. Like Mm -hmm. it's doubling at the rate we would expect it to, which is generally your standard of is it viable or not. Mm -hmm. But they were very low figures, very low numbers. And my progesterone was basically borderline not being viable. Progesterone, the industry stands are between any 20 and 25. My clinic likes it to be above 25. Yeah. And that does all the heavy lifting in those yeah. first 
like 10 to 12 weeks, which is why you feel so tired. It's because your progesterone is driving all the growth of the embryo because the embryo is too small. It's not producing any of its own hormones. Basically until the placenta is producing it itself, the progesterone is what's keeping it going. Yeah. Yeah. We actually had plans to go to R&B Friday. We did. So we did. And just for peace of mind for myself, I couldn't get into the clinic for a blood test the day before. So I went to my GP and I said, can you just, you know, do a blood test for my HCG and, you know, give me peace of mind that me going away for a couple of days over the weekend is going to be safe. Yeah. Um, and she was like, yeah, let's do this. We did. It was still doubling. It was looking great. So, so we, we considered you are a pregnant lady. Yeah. We took all the precautions on the day. Anytime anybody came near you, I was very aggressive in my stay away from my pregnant friend. We were in no means moshing or oshing. Oh, no, 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 no. You were very well hydrated. Was the fed, whole day. You know, yeah. had my hot chips in my water bottle. I was great. And it was a great concert too. But we had a really fun time. Nice. And, you know, we went home. I was sober, you were relatively sober, and we yeah. had pasta and it was yeah. great. Like- yeah, we, we do it the way that people in their 30s do concerts. We didn't drink. I think I had one drink the entire day and then we went home and ordered some pasta on Uber Eats and I had a sleep through the entire night for the first time in like six months yeah. and you had your delicious pasta and passed out because we were both so tired, me from not sleeping for six months and you from your baby. Yeah, so... so- Definitely the way you do concerts these days. Absolutely. So everything seemed to be progressing again in a somewhat grey area, which seems to be the story of my life. This time my HCG looked like it was okay, albeit low, but my progesterone was not getting on board whatsoever. So we increase. So when you're in an IVF cycle, you take a synthetic progesterone or you take a progesterone supplement because your body has not conceived naturally it may not know that it needs to produce that we increased the supplement i was taking and my progesterone actually dropped by my next blood test so hadn't dropped by a lot it had gone from like 19 to 20 uh, 20 to 19 but it had dropped so it wasn't doing what we had expected it to do we monitored a little bit further and then we realized quite early this time so by the time you get a positive pregnancy test you're generally about four three to four weeks along because it goes from the beginning of your cycle so this one i miscarried in six weeks um and i miscarried naturally everything was looking okay i went to do a blood test in the morning i woke up and i felt a little bit crampy mm-hmm. and i had the teeniest bit of pink spot which is also pretty common in Very the early, like, early stages of pregnancy. Nothing to be concerned about. No, it, so it can happen in plantation. It can happen. Well, some people have it all through their pregnancy. A little bit of spotting is not necessarily, you Any know, for red flag. No. So I'd woken up, I'd had a bit of cramping, I'd had the tiny bit of spotting and I went for my blood test. And my blood tests are always very first thing in the morning, which I love because it means they're done, they're out of the way. And you don't have have to think about it too because you are not a fan of needles in the best of time. Definitely not. It's crazy. Like for someone who, the only thing I hate more than needles is anesthesia. Give the girl a proscopy and put her into IVF. What were we thinking? But you know. Hey, look, you have absolutely (laughs) smashed your fear of needles. From the first time that you were getting a blood test and you were hysterical to now you're such a pro growth has happened we go back like five years my husband had to take the day off work i would have to have valium like i was hysterical breathing into a paper bag not in a good way i went for my laparoscopy and luckily your lovely hubby was working in the hospital that day because i had a full-blown panic attack um and he came to console me a little bit because i was freaking the f out about that whole process yeah that was yeah 
big scary. I had my blood test. Um, I mentioned to the nurse doing my blood test, hey, you know, I've had this bit of cramping this morning and I've had this little bit of spotting. Like, and she said, oh, you know, it's not abnormal. It's not usually anything to be concerned about. Like your bloods have been looking good this week. So yeah. take it easy. It should be fine. And then I went to my acupuncture appointment and driving to acupuncture, the cramps start to get quite considerably worse. And I thought, this isn't feeling like it should be feeling. Mm -hmm. Now with my clinic, they always give you a call back same day, usually after midday kind of thing in the afternoon when they've got your bloods back. Um, so the wait between doing the blood test and getting a result is very, very quick, which, which is, is wonderful. Right, because yeah. if you're in the normal system, it is literally days. Day, two to three days minimum. <laughs> and you have to have an appointment yeah. with your GP to yeah. discuss them. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. It, it's quite an ordeal and you're sitting there waiting, 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 waiting. Because yeah. it's just that's just how it goes in the public system. Yeah. So I had my blood test about 7.30. I had gone straight. I think I'd gone home really quickly. I was barely at home half an hour. I'd gone to acupuncture. Um, driving to acupuncture, I was in quite a bit more pain. I thought, this isn't quite right. And also, like, you go to acupuncture all the time. So yeah. It's not, like, an unusual thing. No. Like, I go to acupuncture every week. Like, yeah. it's very normal for me to do so. Whether I'm pregnant, whether I'm not pregnant, I'm always at acupuncture. It's great just to relax even. <laughs> Which, again, is astounding because you hate needles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so all kinds of weird. So I was driving an acupuncture and I was in quite a bit of pain. I thought, this isn't quite right, but I'm just going to go about my day. They're going to call me in a couple of hours anyway, and I will chat to them again then and see what they want to do. So I got to acupuncture. I sat on the acupuncture bed and I felt wet, like, the gush and I was like this I am bleeding like this is not good it felt like getting your period when you weren't expecting to get your period very heavily um my acupuncturist came back into the room expecting me to be under the towel ready and I was standing in front of the bed tearing up saying something is really wrong to his credit, he was the most supportive, gentle, do what you need to do, mm. bathrooms down the hall, take your time, no pressure. And, um, like, he'd been seeing you for fertility as well, so it's not like it was a complete surprise yeah, for like, him that you were having some complications associated yeah. with your pregnancy. No, exactly. And he'd been my acupuncturist throughout the first pregnancy and miscarried. Yeah. He's been my acupuncturist since I started the IVF, so he's very well-versed in my whole journey and what's going on. So I went to the bathroom and, yes, I was bleeding very heavily and I it was I knew what had happened. I was like, I've had a miscarriage. Like, I've done had this before. Like, it wasn't quite as intense as last time, but that's not how my period comes on. Um, it's And obviously, you shouldn't be getting yeah. a period when you're pregnant. So, yeah. pregnant, generally, there um, are the weird, like, a, a few exceptions here and there, but generally not having a period if you yeah. are pregnant. And it was a lot of, it was very heavily bleeding. Like, it wasn't a little bit of blood like this. It was heavier than even if I wasn't pregnant a period I would normally have. So I knew it wasn't right. Um, so I took some time to clean myself up and I went back out to him in tears and just said, I've had a miscarriage. He was very apologetic and very condolences and said, what do you want to do? Like, should I call someone? I said, no, I just want to drive home. Like, I'm fine. As soon as the bleeding had happened, it's like the pain had almost instantly subsided this time. So I was like, no, I feel okay. I think we mentioned it briefly in the first episode, but I wasn't as attached to this pregnancy as I was the yeah. first one. I distanced myself from it a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a, because I knew what the outcome could be and because that first HCG test wasn't excellent. So I was already very much sitting on the fence. I hadn't had any ultrasounds. I hadn't seen anything. Yeah. I'd not, you know, 
I think the thing that got me the first time too was there was a heartbeat and then there wasn't. Yeah. And whereas this time we hadn't had any of that. I was right on six weeks. My scan wasn't due for another week yet. I was just plugging along till that happened. Mm. So I drove myself home <clears throat> and I got home and you're not supposed to take majority of pain meds when you are pregnant. Yeah. Although I was convinced I'd had a miscarriage, I was like, what can I take? What can I not? Like you're not supposed to use a heat pack. And yeah. There's really nothing you can do for extreme abdomen pain in pregnancy, unfortunately. The panadol that I could take and then I heated up the heat pack because I was so sure I had a miscarriage and I was like well you know what I've had one this is it I'm just gonna heat up the heat pack there's no point dragging this out yeah the nurses rang me and they actually started the conversation with well congrats your buds are looking really great today they've increased wonderfully and I went I will stop you right there because I just had a miscarriage and the poor girl was like oh uh, are you sh- what? Um, and I was like, no, yeah, no. Like after I spoke to this morning about the little bit of cramping, it got increasingly worse until like it was quite a heavy onset of blood quite very suddenly. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't call it a miscarriage, obviously, until it's been confirmed because some bleeding in pregnancy can be normal. Yeah. So there was this conversation as to did I have a miscarriage or did I have a bleed? You know, sometimes you can have bleeds in your uterus that sit alongside a pregnancy and can cause some relatively heavy bleeding so we're a bit like oh you may not have um please don't use the heat pack please don't take the painkiller you may still be pregnant and it was kind of like this whole drought drawn out again it's wednesday or thursday because i still could get an ultrasound the next day Um, yeah so it was late in the week and i was like i'm not going to go through this over a weekend again without any pain medication like this is ridiculous there is a nurse that I generally see. She's a nurse midwife and she's just who I'm most comfortable with in my clinic. Um, she didn't happen to be there that day. So the rest of the afternoon, I kind of was like, take it easy. We'll see what happens. And first thing the next morning, I rang her because the head practitioner who takes care of things was away. I knew she was away. And I just wanted to speak to this nurse I was very comfortable with and just she'd been there throughout my first miscarriage she'd been by my side through all but she knew my history very well yeah. whereas this other nurse I had been dealing with while she was lovely she was relatively new she wasn't aware of my history in detail and I think maybe if she had have been she wouldn't have started with congratulations on that phone call obviously everything looked great on her end bloods all looked wonderful so there was nothing she could have foreseen so I rang the next morning and I requested the nurse that I normally speak to I asked if she'd call me back and they're like no she's here like you can have a chat to her it's fine and I ran through everything that had happened over the last couple of days and she was like okay yeah like we need to action this right away this is not something we can leave with you for the weekend again. no exactly there was no doctors at my clinic that day because they are doctors from the private clinics who then because there's no initiatives they go over to the clinic that I attend and perform their procedures on set days and set times. Um, so they weren't there that day. So she said, look, I don't have anyone here that can scan you today, but I can definitely give you a referral for any other sonographer on the Gold Coast you want to go to who can get you in today. So not a problem at all. But basically what we're going to do is we're going to see if we can see anything. It is very likely too early to call a single thing. As we mentioned last time, it's six weeks. Six weeks. There's it's hard to see anything. Nothing that's visible. They never saw my my little one at six weeks which again is why we thought i was sick yeah. so yeah. and for most people you don't see a whole lot no. um we were 
were maybe thinking we might see like a bleed if I actually had a bleed if there was like a sack for that there mm. um, and that might confirm if there was a bleed then maybe it wasn't a miscarriage but we were also very aware there was a possibility we'd see nothing so I went and I had the scan there was no evidence of a bleed at all there's no visible fetal pole there was nothing so with the bleed kind of being ruled out and there being nothing showing in my uterus I was again very sure I'd had a yeah. miscarriage but without confirmation of that and because my blood test had been so promising that morning they can't obviously just go yep okay you've had a miscarriage just in case because if they're wrong the outcome is pretty dire yeah exactly so they still recommended i didn't use any of the pain medication or heat pack and i was like well you what you don't know won't hurt you because i'm not getting through this weekend like that and luckily i was right i didn't do any damage that i shouldn't have because i went back for a blood test on monday morning and my levels had gone from like six thousand to like two so they had very quickly dropped after that then they obviously could confirm that I was having the miscarriage so then it was just a matter of waiting till those bloods went back to normal to zero that everything had finished that was definitely the easier of the two I think because it was it happened it was over and done with in like four or five hours like I continued to and you knew what it was yeah like it wasn't wasn't, much of a shock yeah I knew I was half expecting it as bad as that sounds um I knew it was a very real possibility it wasn't that far along it was still painful but not as intensely painful as the first one and yeah it was just over a lot quicker happened I think it was the end of November or beginning of November so we just decided that that was it for last year it was in mid-November yeah R&B was like 11th of November yeah still like pregnant no drama actual pregnancy so yeah mid to late November I decided that that was it that was me for last year I was not going to try again for a December cycle I was just gonna let my body have some time um we were gonna go see my husband's family for Christmas so I was gonna have a few drinks and just be a normal human who didn't think about fertility for a couple of months yeah because as much as it's such a toll on your body physically the mental load of what you're going through as well is so intense yeah when all you're thinking about day in day out day in day out is where you're at in your cycle and what you're tracking and how it's affecting your IVF journey it's so draining yeah and you just needed a little reset for yourself yeah exactly time to go away you went away for a couple of days with some friends you weren't constantly thinking about what you were eating or what you were drinking you just got to enjoy your life for a little while I didn't go to acupuncture for a month I had no appointments whatsoever that would be based around fertility I didn't know that I was just like that's it I'm on strike I'm having December off it is Christmas it is manic time of year anyway we'll revisit this in the new year although I was still very aware that I wanted to try again early this year because you're obviously always more fertile after a pregnancy whether it's resulted in a birth or a miscarriage you still have that high chance I spoke to the nurses at my clinic right before they closed at the end of December for Christmas and said you know this is what my plan is like when I get my period I just want to start again I spoke to them at the beginning of December because we were expecting me to get a period around the middle of December and I would maybe just scrape in for a scan and that before they closed for Christmas and then I didn't I didn't and it was like literally three days yeah and nothing was happening and I was like okay I haven't got my period yet like well it's not not abnormal it's kind of pushing the boundaries in terms of timing you know Mm. the labs all close and you can't have an embryo transferred if the lab isn't as closed kind of thing Mm. so and then you're in limbo over that Christmas period as well yeah but you don't know 
if everything's okay and you're taking medication again, which means that you can't be drinking and you're not feeling great, which is not fun when you're spending time with family. And as it got closer to Christmas, I didn't want to be pregnant again and not have all those normal supports and have things be closed for public holidays. It got to a point where if I hadn't got my period and started a cycle by a certain date, I wasn't going to until yeah. January because I just I couldn't go through whether it's a pregnancy or a miscarriage all over again at a time of year where everyone is closed and busy yeah. because I'd done that before and we just weren't going there yeah. again. It's just not fair. It's so too hard. Yeah. Once we got to a couple of weeks before Christmas and we realised that I was cutting it real fine, when it comes to a transfer when you don't have to have Um, a retrieval or anything so a frozen transfer if you've got a frozen embryo the protocol is pretty much that once you start your period you start taking an estrogen tablet Mm -hmm. which starts to prepare your lining and start your cycle to prepare to have the transfer done we worked out the date that i would need to have my period by in order to start a cycle and start taking that medication because a transfer is roughly three weeks after the beginning of that so we were timing it so that the transfer would be after their lab reopened in the second week of January. That didn't happen. My period came weeks later than we thought it was going to. It didn't happen over the Christmas period at all, which in hindsight was great. I got to go swimming and do all the things. I didn't think about it. Just (laughs) Just enjoy your summer. It was normal. (laughs) It came weeks after we thought it was, which I think is a good thing. It was my my body saying it wasn't quite ready to have a break. break. And I think it just was good to switch off because once we got to that point where we knew the timing wasn't going to work, we could just switch off and that was it. Like, it was all right, well, this is not our problem until next year. And so we did. So we just basically waited until my next period came then I rang them to let them know that that's what had happened and I started my period and I was ready to start my medication and they asked if I was sure and if mentally I wanted to do it again and just checking in I was like yep we're ready to go let's do this I guess it's something I've done many a few times now so yeah. it's kind of like okay well you've still got some medication there we'll order you some more you know what to do start mm-hmm. taking it tomorrow you're good to go we did increase my progesterone this time because they confirm your lying is where it should be and then you start taking the progesterone which yeah gets your body all ready for the transfer to ready to support the pregnancy so that happens about five days before the transfer they check your lining they confirm it's all good and they lock in the transfer yeah so that's what we did everything looked great your lining needs to be a minimum of seven mine was nine and a half everything looks good you. great lining yeah all good i just took the progesterone we did increase it because my last pregnancy we that we firmly believe failed yeah. due to the low progesterone so this time we've started on a the highest dose possible from the get-go hopefully we'll help it along yeah coming into the week of the transfer there's nothing really extra that you do you just take the estrogen take the progesterone live your normal life yeah um, so do you live now from this period as if you are pregnant so yeah like you're watching what you eat you're not having alcohol you're not smoking all of that yeah so basically for me as soon as i get my period for being in that cycle i don't really drink i don't i start treating it as if i'm going to be pregnant that cycle yeah. you don't have to because there's no egg or embryo some people drink and do their normal lifestyle up until the day before the transfer. I am just overly cautious because well, you want to weigh my journey. Yeah, as best as it can be. Yeah. yeah, and I don't really drink these days anyway. That's like with yeah. the way this has gone for the last few years, I have two drinks, and that's me. Like unless there's a massive event or something, um, it's very rare that I drink. Hasn't yeah. It? yeah, absolutely. And the lead up for me is usually just trying to get a whole lot of stuff done. Yes. Um, 
because you know that fatigue's going to kick in. Yeah, I know that if it's successful, the fatigue's going to kick in. I know that for the day of the transfer and the days following um, that I'm going to be taking it easy. I'm not going to be lifting things around Mm. the house. I'm not going to be doing any heavy cleaning and stuff. And I don't like the added stress of all the admin and stuff that comes with the business, obviously. So for me, the lead up is just about being organised so that I can have as smooth a week possible. Yeah. Post that. Uh, we had a transfer on Wednesday morning. Typical transfer day for me just starts with the usual getting up, taking my vitamins. So, prenatal, um, I've just had an iron infusion because of everything that happened in the last year. My iron levels were ridiculously low. So, I'm not having to take those currently, but just things that are tailored for me for my PSOS, vitamin D. Um, yeah, which all help when you are pregnant as well, because yeah. those are often the things that get depleted from you for the fetus. Yeah. Um, like I ended up really low in vitamin D and iron when I had Ted yeah. and had to have an iron infusion. So yeah. it's if you can prepare your body to feel as good as possible exactly. before you go putting such a massive strain on it, it's always the best way to go. Yeah, and I have a hypothyroid as well, so I take a thyroid medication. So I generally try and start the day as slow and unstressed as possible because at the end of the day, if I'm stressed, my body's not going to be the perfect exactly. environment for an embryo. Yeah. Usually when I go for a scan and stuff, I will wear a skirt or a dress because I've had so many eyes whip it up and it's like, all right, yeah. we're doing this. <laughs> with a transfer, though, you have to lay very, very still and just the bunching of a skirt or dress behind you, yeah. I generally try and wear two pieces so yeah. I can just cool on. And it's been so hot here too. Like yes. just something that's going to be easy to get on and off and something that's going to be cool and like elastic and super mm-hmm. loose around my stomach. Yeah, so it's just pottering around, taking my vitamins, um, picking something to wear and then basically it's just a bit of waiting so when you get to the clinic they will often have multiple people doing a transfer on the same day mm-hmm. um, as I mentioned our doctors come over from the private hospital at certain times to do the procedures so my I had to arrive at 9:15 for a 9:45 transfer I was the second cab off the rank. So mm-hmm. when I got there, there was already one girl who was gowned up and ready to go. Um, now it's basically just like booties and a head mm-hmm. because you're in and out really quickly. Like it's not a surgery kind of procedure. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like having a pap smear. They guide the tube through with the camera. They put it in, they take everything out and you're good to go within about 10 minutes. That's amazing. So, so and I, is the embryo frozen? This time it was. Yeah. When you do your collection, Often people will do a fresh transfer with one of those embryos straight away mm-hmm. as soon as they kind of have that ovulation indication. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did the first time when we had that pregnancy. Yeah. Um, my clinic doesn't actually do those anymore okay. because yep. there are higher success rates with frozen yeah. embryos. Okay. It just depends. Like some clinics will do them, some won't. I think if you go and you pay at a full cost clinic for everything, like including anesthesia mm-hmm. and stuff, you get a bit more choice in that matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I'm not too fast. It's the end of the day like i've had a pregnancy from both yeah if it is a recurring thing that goes on that it doesn't get past say the six weeks mark mm-hmm. and the progesterone's a problem maybe i'd look at switching clinics and doing yeah. something about it at the moment it doesn't seem to indicate that there's a problem with a frozen transfer yeah okay. for me it's just easier like if you're not ready or your body's not ready you don't have it sitting there waiting to go yeah. you haven't wasted it essentially yeah. um because they don't thaw them till the morning of yeah. there is that slight risk that they don't thaw properly or they okay. but it's yeah. a very minimal risk i've never had it happen and it's yeah it's not likely to be to happen it's a bit of waiting so it's just kind of sitting there all gowned up 
looking real pretty it did <laughs> kind of come with me tiktok that i will upload for you guys um and just show you through my day but it's basically me sitting there twiddling my thumbs at this point <laughs> waiting to go in when i go in i don't usually watch the screen and stuff there's yeah. not a lot to see anyway and i'm concentrating on just being as still as humanly possible yeah. like that anxiety and does that help with the pain if you're still up or is it more of them making sure that they get it in the right spot it's more just about making sure they get it in the right spot so yeah. it's not really painful like if you've had a pap smear before you know that when they put the speculum in i mean it can be uncomfortable yes like, so yeah. that's about as bad as it gets yeah, okay, good. it's not really painful at all it's more just laying still so that they have the opportunity to put it where it needs yeah. to go. But this time I did do a little bit of a video of the screen behind me, which I'll also show you guys. I actually can't see anything on this video. So <laughs> I don't know. The doctors are obviously a lot better at this, but I can't they see know what's happening in the at. video. Straw kind of thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, a very, very tiny straw that the embryo is in. And they put it in and then they take the straw out and they make sure it's all clear and the embryo hasn't gotten stuck in it. And then they take everything out and you're good to go. So and it's very strange. Do they consider you pregnant from that or is there another like time period that there's a wait past? period? Yeah. Depending on your body, it can implant the next day, it can take three, four, five days. Yeah. Um, it's just like any standard pregnancy helmet takes to implant. Yeah. So but it's timed around your ovulation. Yeah, it should happen almost immediately within that kind of 48 to 72 hours. The first time I felt it happen the next day, I felt the pain. I was like, this is something happening. And yeah. it was, I could feel that implant. Last time, I don't think I felt as much. Like I yeah. felt a little bit of cramping, but that's also fairly normal. So it's hard to say because sometimes you can pick it, sometimes you can't. Yeah. So what will happen is that they will schedule you a blood test for about 10 days later. Mm -hmm. Because where does that put you in terms of, you know, obviously when they count your pregnancy, they count it from the beginning of your cycle. So if they're yeah. doing your implantation and then 10 days later, where does that put you in terms of your how pregnant so, you are? I did a five-day transfer. So you can do a three-day or a five-day transfer. Most times if it's a frozen embryo, it'll be a five-day transfer. And that's essentially five DPO. Okay. So five days past ovulation. So for example, today, because I had it two days ago, I am technically what they would call seven DPO. Okay. So there's not really a lot you can tell at this point. Yeah, like it's yeah. just a huge waiting game. Like anything, they will do a blood test the Monday following. So it's about 10 days later. But I will start testing at home from probably about the Monday directly. Okay. Yeah. You know, by that point, you're about... 10 to 12 dpo and yeah. you would know kind of on a home test normally if you were pregnant by that point yeah. not everyone will but yeah. most people will yeah. mine never worked i no. did them like four times and nothing happened and they tell me not to, <laughs> but i don't listen to them oh i can understand like if you're so excited do you want to know as soon as you can yeah even if it's just a little little something to tide you over to make you feel like oh something's happening this yeah might be, and i think too it. like if it comes into the days leading up and they're still negative I'm prepared when I go in. Yeah. Too. Like, so the times that I did go in and I knew it was negative, yeah. although they won't call it till they've done their own blood test, yeah. I know and it's not yeah. a waiting game for their phone call. Okay. So whether I, you know, I've got some little hope told on to because I've got a positive test at home or if I'm prepared for the worst, I just like to be prepared in my own yeah. time. But I will probably start testing in about three or four days. Yeah. Um, there's no guarantee I'll see anything. Yeah. But I will be that person that pees on the stick morning and night. <laughs> um, and then the following Monday, so just over a week from now, they will do their blood test. Yeah. And, and it's still the same. They'll give you a call in the afternoon to let you know. Yep. So you go in first thing in the morning. 
they will call usually between 12 and 2 and they give you like the quantitative figure as to what your HCG actually is. So yeah, so that's all exciting. So once the transfer is done, it's really just for most people, you go home about your day. Some people go back to work. Do you eat the fries? I did eat the fries. You I did eat the fries. Yes. And I'm not a fries person. Like yeah. I generally eat a relatively low carb diet. So if I'm going to eat something like that, I save it for something that I really am going to enjoy, like pasta or chocolate. Mm. Um, like I go to Macca's and I don't order fries in my meal. Like TikTok can't lie. But, you know, <laughs> it's superstition. Like you can't have a transfer and not eat the fries. And then went to acupuncture. I, I don't know. I'm not always been has been a big follower of natural medicines i'm not a follower of chinese medicine i i have no preference to anything but i'll give everything a go absolutely and that's the thing i think um you know a lot of doctors in traditional medicine if you say oh i want to try this or i want to try that what do you think a lot of them will just say if it's not gonna hurt and it's going to yeah. give you what you want out of it, then do it. Yeah, absolutely. That is pretty much my day. It's a very slow day. It's a pick comfy clothes, have the transfer, eat your Macca's fries, have your acupuncture and take it easy. And, and now you're just, now it's just a waiting day. Up and we'll see what happens. Yeah. So a couple of days, we'll get some peas on some sticks. I'm looking forward to those photos. I have this new app where it reads the test for you and it oh. gives you like the inverted, uh, like black and white negative. Oh, effect. okay. So, That's really cool. Yeah, I like that. I think that will help out a bit. Because it'll be more like the saturation of the colour will be better. Yeah. And sometimes you send me a photo and I'm like, uh, And look, sometimes I, I can't see. Me. We both wear contact with the glasses, so <laughs> maybe our eyes are not the best ones anyway. And, like, there are some days I'll look at it and be like, there's nothing there, and I'll be, like, standing under an open window in the sunlight being like, can I see it? And then I'm like, I think I see something. And then, of course, you can't take a photo of something. You're not even sure you can see with your actual eyes. Yeah. We just wait a few days, and then we start testing on sticks. But, again, like, I generally will feel that fatigue first yes. once the implantation's happened. It gets to Monday, Tuesday next week and I'm starting to nap. That's when I'll be like, okay, it's time to start being on sticks yeah. because this is probably a thing. Yeah. But yeah, so we're going to see. Fingers crossed this one goes Fingers all the way. Toes, every single fibre of my body is crossed for you. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. 2023, you are going to have a baby. Mm-hmm. Let's put it out into yeah. the universe and say that that's what we're Even my husband for. for the first time, I was like, this is the one. Like, and he's very, wow. very, I think, not he's very pragmatic. Yeah, he's yeah. very black and white. I think he doesn't want to break his own heart. Like, the first one, he was he was quite emotional. And I hope you don't mind me saying this, Gary, but he was emotional and it didn't work yeah. out. Yeah. Which is understandable. Like, I thought you guys were going to have the family you've been trying for for so long. And yeah. when it doesn't work, it's just heartbreaking. Well, so. I think that's a thing too, like, my husband is not generally an emotional person. Like, if you've ever met him, he doesn't exhibit any emotion, good or bad. He's a cat involved. Yeah, he loves cats. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cats and dogs. If you've got an animal, he will adore it. But otherwise, like, he's generally a very stoic person. Yeah. There's not a lot of emotion there anyway. And I think that first time too, because we were told to expect the worst, and then it was kind of so up and down. Mm-hmm. He said we were poor, like, the safe zone is when we are holding a baby. That, yeah. That's when we're safe. Yeah. There's really no point along the way that's actually class to save especially an IVF pregnancy um so he's generally very pragmatic with me about you know let's not get our hopes up if I show him a squinter he's like I can't know I don't know like don't do this to me but he actually said to me the other day like this is it and I don't know if he was just saying that for my sake but it made me feel better the first time that he said it so I'm wrong absolutely no I love that good work Gary if you listen to this very happy that's awesome 
Lots of love. Oh, well, that's so exciting. Obviously, guys, we are going to keep you up to date every week. We are going to check in yes. and we'll see how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Everyone can just put it out into the universe to send all the good baby juju your way. Yes. And hopefully we've got a positive piece this time next week. Fingers and toes and everything else is crossed. Anything to add? No, and again, if you guys have any questions, if there's anything that I've skimmed across or you're more curious about, I am happy to share. So pop into our socials. We have TikTok, Insta, Facebook. Um, There's a Facebook group you can join. um, Yeah, absolutely. Come and chat with us there. Ask Amy all the questions because she is such a wealth of knowledge and you are so strong in the way that you have handled every single obstacle that you have come across. So everyone can take a lot from you if they're on a similar path or journey. I know I definitely admire how strong you have been through this whole thing. You're just an amazing woman. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, that's going to be it from us, guys. Thank you so much for being here and we will see you soon. See you next week. Bye.